Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday morning live uh, morning devotional here at Christ Life Ministries. Let me just wrestle this thing into obedience. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, just want to greet a few people. Hello, Eric. Hello, Yaku. It's good to meet you. Hello, Janine. It's good to see you there. So, bless you. Um, well, I just want to uh, begin in the beginning of 1 John chapter 4. And uh, I, I want to just uh, make a distinction between the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of love, the spirit that is in the world, and the spirit that is of God. And uh, I, th- I trust that it will just answer also a few questions, but, um, but I trust that you will just see how, how good God really is, how wonderful God really is. Okay, so, um, hello, Trish, it's good to see you there, good morning. So, um, I want to start in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. <laughs> so, he says, Beloved, do not put your faith in every spirit. Hey, Rob, good to see you. Uh, do not put your faith in every spirit, but prove and test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God. For many false prophets have gone forth into the world. Okay, now... Now it, it speaks of false prophets, and uh, it's in a certain time. It says, By this you may know and perceive and recognize the Spirit of God, every spirit which acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ actually has become man and has come in the flesh, is of God, has God for its source. And every spirit which does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, uh, but would annul and destroy and sever, disunite him, is not of God, does not proceed from him. This non-confession of the spirit of the, of, this non-confession is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now I just want to jump to the King James there. Uh, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. Okay, so the is not there. Okay, the spirit of Antichrist. It's an Antichrist spirit. It's a spirit which is against Christ. It speaks against Christ. It is not something that, that would, under normal circumstances, confess Christ. Of which you have heard that it was coming, and now it is already in the world. It is already in the world. Big clue there. Little children... You are of God. You belong to Him and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist or the false prophets, because He who lives in you is greater or mightier than He who is in the world. They proceed from the world. Who is the they? The they is the false prophets with the spirit of Antichrist. They proceed from the world and are of the world. Therefore, it is out of the world, its whole economy morally considered, that they speak and the world listens to them. We are children of God. Whoever is learning to know God, progressively to perceive, recognize, understand God by observation and experience, and to get an ever clearer knowledge of Him, listens to us. So who know, the, the people who know God listens to the message listens to the Word, okay? So the Word is the gateway to know God. And I read it the other day also um, in, in John chapter 6. Let me just read it to you again. It says here, 
Uh, okay, I don't want to waste time looking for it. It says, everyone, no one can come to the Father except the Father draws him. Okay? John chapter 6. And then it says, but uh, those who listen to the Father come to him. The very next verse. Those who listen to the Father come to him. So the Father draws people. And you can only come if the Father draws you. But what is the drawing? Is listening to the word. The drawing comes through the preaching of the gospel and listening to the word. So those who listen to and, and yield to the drawing can know God. And they say what we say. And we, they listen to what we listen. But then there's an opposite spirit. And that opposite spirit speaks, speaks against it. Speaks against knowing God. Gets people to turn away from God. It's Christ's spirit and it's anti-Christ's spirit. So it's the attraction and the distraction. <laughs> it's the one. And they don't even have something, something to say Originally, to say they, they have to either copy him and, and bring an error in, or they have to, to react to him, but he's still the focus. Okay, so um, now it says there's, there's Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, and, and the, in it mentions false prophets. So many false prophets have gone into the world. So in that time, uh, John writing the Gospels. So it's obviously after the cross and so on. But I want to just draw this distinction and go to Revelation chapter 17 as well. And we, we did this, on, we spoke about this on Sunday. Maybe some of you uh, spoke, uh, uh, listened to Sunday's message. Um, Sunday I spoke about Daniel's, uh, the, the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar dreamt of. And then the uh, dream that Daniel had, had of the four beasts. And then in Revelation chapter 13, the, the four beasts became one beast. And in Revelation chapter 17, the false prophet, which is the harlot, rode on this beast. Okay, so I just want to read this to you in Revelation 17. It says, One of the seven angels who had seven bowls then came and spoke to me, saying, Come with me. I will show you the doom of the great harlot who is seated on many waters. She will... Uh, she with whom the rulers of the earth have joined in prostitution, idolatry, and with the wine of whose immorality the inhabitants of the earth have become intoxicated. And the angels bore me away and wrapped in spirit into a desert. And I saw a woman seated on a scarlet beast that was all covered with blasphemous titles and had seven heads and ten horns. So it's the same beast as in Revelation 17. It's the same beast because the four beasts of Daniel is mentioned there. So... Uh, the woman was robed in purple and scarlet and bedecked with gold and precious stones and pearls. Okay, so uh, Jerusalem was bedecked with gold and precious stones and pearls. The, uh, Jerusalem, with its glistening temples, uh, was destroyed in 70 AD. And she was holding in her hand a golden cup full of the accursed offenses and filth of her lewdness. And on her forehead was inscribed a name, a mystery, a secret symbolic meaning, Babylon the Great, because they emulated Babylon and everything they did, and they brought Babylonian worship practices into the system of God, bringing the synagogues and the uh, Sadducees, Pharisees, scribes, those things all came from Babylon, and they emulated it. 
Okay, the mother of prostitutes and the filth and the atrocities and the abominations of the earth. I also saw the women. So, so it's a mixture of those kingdoms and the things that they saw in the kingdoms. That's why this beast is a mixture of the leopard and the bear and the lion. Um, so it became this big thing. And then they even joined forces with the worldly rulers, the seven heads, which is the, the Tetrarchs and Annas and Caiaphas, and, um, and uh, you know, those rulers that I mentioned in, that's in, uh, mentioned in Luke chapter 3, the seven heads and the ten horns, the, the ten Caesars from Julius to Vespasian. Um, and that they joined forces. Pilate was one of the seven heads mentioned in Luke 3. And um, uh, Vespasian that, uh, that sent the legion to destroy Jerusalem was one of the ten horns. Okay, so, uh, and um, they, asked, yeah, they asked Pilate, one of the Romans, Annas Caiaphas asked Pilate, one of the Romans, to put him out of the way and crucify him. And Pilate didn't really want to do it, so they were so against him. And Pilate just wanted to calm down the rebellion, so he gave them over to them so that they could crucify him. He had him flogged, even though he said he was not guilty. Okay, So, um, so they joined forces. Okay, So this beast, which is a mixture of these four kingdoms, the four animals, which is a mixture of the forces of the world and God's people, uh, all had the same spirit, which is the spirit of Antichrist. And they all wanted to get Christ out of the way. Okay, So that's the beast with the seven heads and the ten horns. And now this is the harlot riding the beast. And this harlot is the city of Jerusalem, joining forces with those those kingdoms. I also saw the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs. So that's clear to see in Acts 7. I mentioned that. It's, um, Stephen said to the Pharisees, Sadducees, which of your forefathers did, did not uh, persecute the prophets? Okay, so they all destroyed them. They all persecuted the prophets. All right, and they killed the prophets. So that's the city Jerusalem. So, and when I saw her, I was utterly amazed and wondered greatly. But the angel said to me, why do you wonder? I will explain to you the secret symbolic meaning of the mystery of the woman, and as well as the beast having the seven heads and the ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw once, but now is no more, and is going to come up from the abyss and proceed to go to perdition. And the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been recorded in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be astonished when they look at the beast. Uh, because he once was, but now is no more. So the beast, those four kingdoms, once was, but now is no more. And that's what Daniel's uh, prophecy said. There will not be a trace left of them. <laughs> it will be like the chaff blown by the wind. There's nothing left, not a trace. This calls for a mind with wisdom and intelligence. Uh, the thinking and judging of thoughts, feelings, and purposes. The seven heads are the seven hills upon what the woman is sitting. Seven hills are, are rulers through in, in Bible language, and we know the seven heads are seven rulers. Okay, so I don't want to go into all the detail of it again today. We, we, uh, we talked about it on Sunday, but it says here, they will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will triumph over them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Okay, 
Then it says in verse 18, And the woman that you saw herself is the great city which dominates and controls the rulers and the leaders of the earth. Okay, so the great city uh, needed to be burnt. Uh, so, um, and we know that Jerusalem was never burnt. Uh, um, Babylon was never burnt. Jerusalem was burnt. Okay, so the harlot, if you... Uh, if you, you think about it, you know, why would Prophet Hosea had to picture out this picture of having to marry a harlot? If there was no harlot in Israel, <laughs> if Israel was not the harlot that, that God, the picture was speaking to them, he was a prophet. Okay, so why would he have to marry the harlot? Okay, so, um, so that's the, 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 the old Jerusalem, the physical Jerusalem, says Galatians chapter 4. Uh, it, if we just jump to that, he says it's an allegory uh, between two covenants. And the first, Adam had two wives, or, or had, had two sons. The first was with, with the bondwoman. And the second was with his wife. And so the son he had with the bondwoman, Ishmael, was born of the flesh. But the son that he had by Sarah was born remarkably by the promise. All right? So um, he says it's an allegory. These two women, Sarah and Hagar, represent two covenants. One covenant originated with Mount Sinai where the law was given and bears children for slavery. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia, where the law was given, and she corresponds and belongs to the same category with the present Jerusalem. So the present Jerusalem is in slavery and bears children unto slavery. She's in bondage together with her children, Jerusalem. So Jerusalem the harlot is in bondage together with her children, according to Scripture. And then it says, but the Jerusalem above, so that's the spiritual Jerusalem, descending from above, length, breadth, height, the same. Uh, it's a perfection, the spirit. The, the, it's two cities, it's two mountains. We have not come, Hebrews 12, to the mountain that can be touched, that is ablaze with fire. On that mountain is, you know, first one is Mount Sinai, ablaze with fire where the law was given. That corresponds to the present Jerusalem. But we have come to the spiritual Mount Sinai, uh, to the city of God, to the, the, the church of the firstborn, to the angels in festal gathering, and to the spirits of the saints made perfect. That's Hebrews chapter 12. So he says, uh, the Jerusalem above, the spiritual one, the unseen one, on the unseen spiritual Mount Sinai, that is the church. We have come to that city. And it says, above, the messianic kingdom of Christ is free and she is our mother. So we are born of the spirit and the spiritual union that we have in Christ. So uh, for it is written in the scriptures, Rejoice, O barren woman who has not given birth to children. Break forth into joyful shout, you who are not feeling birth pangs for the desolate woman. So the desolate, desolations were decreed on Jerusalem. The desolate woman, Jerusalem, or Hagar, corresponds with Hagar, has many more children than she who has a husband. Okay, um, so, so the the. Um, the Jerusalem was called the desolate, but the spiritual Jerusalem, the, the one who was called barren, this one had many children, the natural one, born by virtue 
of the flesh. But the spiritual one says, this is our mother. The spiritual one, this is the supernatural. He says, um, she, the spiritual one, will have many more children than the one uh, who has a husband. But we, brethren, are children, not by physical descent, as was Ishmael, but like Isaac, born in virtue of the promise. Yet, just as at that time the child of ordinary birth, born according to the flesh, despised and persecuted him, was born remarkably according to the promise, and the working of the Holy Spirit, so it is now also. So there's the flesh and there's the spirit. So the flesh spirit is the anti-spirit. <laughs> it's the anti-Christ spirit. The flesh Born of the flesh, those who call themselves seed of Abraham according to the flesh, they correspond to present Jerusalem, that's Mount Sinai, and they correspond to the slave woman bearing children unto bondage. And that is the beast. That is the, the false prophet who is the harlot that's riding the beast. And that is the present Jerusalem, uh, present in this time. Verse 30, but what does the scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son. For never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share in the inheritance with the son of the free woman. And that's why 1 Corinthians 15 also says, Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed. Okay, in the twinkling of an eye. So he says, Death must be swallowed up in life. So we need to receive the Spirit and be clothed upon with the Spirit. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We need to be, have the Spirit to inherit. We only inherit the kingdom of heaven if we have the Holy Spirit. Spirit can inherit Spirit. But flesh and blood, those born of flesh cannot inherit. Those born of the Spirit will inherit. Okay? So he says, so brethren, we who are born again are not children of a slave woman, the natural, but of the free, the supernatural. So it is clear to me that Revelation chapter 17 speaks of uh, the, the harlot riding the beast as the city of Jerusalem. And that is the false prophet according to, um, to Revelation chapter 17. So now it's, it's no surprise to me that the same author of Revelation, which is the Apostle Paul, would write in his epistles, and let me just find them, and he says, there is many false prophets that have gone out into the world, and that, that is the, uh, the spirit, you must test the spirit, if they confess Christ came in the flesh, it is of God, if they conf confess against it, it is the spirit of Antichrist. Okay, so the spirit of Antichrist is the spirit by which the false prophets prophesy. So that is Jerusalem. That is the Judaizers that Paul spoke about in Galatians chapter 3. So um, it's trying to get people to turn away from the cross to go back to the rituals. Now, if you look to the <laughs> rapture doctrine, and because we're doing a series on it, I mentioned this today also. Um, and we can include this in the series also. So because of the, this rapture doctrine in 1909, uh, Schofield said in, in the Schofield Bible in the first edition that there will be a rebuilt temple and in which uh, animal sacrifices will be offered again. So that's turning people away. <coughs> Sorry. Malfunction there. <laughs> that's turning people away from... Um, from Christ, from Christ coming into the flesh, turning them away back to the old. That's exactly what the Judaizers did in Galatians chapter 3. 
he said, if you now get circumcised again, you're falling from, gra- from grace, he said in Galatians. He says, uh, circumcision or some uncircumcision is avail of anything, but only Christ. So we need to believe in Christ. We believe the, the gospel, and because we believe the gospel, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, if we're born of the Spirit, that is the inheritance. The inheritance is, is spiritual and not natural. Okay, So the natural people will always persecute the spiritual. So the natural Judaizer guys, they tried to persecute them, but they couldn't get right, and then they tried to infiltrate them. And this is what First John speaks about. They come in between. <laughs> he, but now he says, you test the spirits. These people intermingling with you. But test the spirits. If they confess that Christ has come into the flesh, they're of God. If they confess that you have to turn back to the rituals and do animal sacrifices in a rebuilt temple, um, yeah, it's not of God, is it? So, um, so that's the spirit of Antichrist. And that is exactly what Revelation 13 talked about. So that doctrine tries to rebuild something that Jesus tore down. Rebuild the temple that Jesus said, break down in three days, I will build it up, speaking of his body. And um, he said, uh, the spirit, it's false prophets, so that's the, there's the false prophet, and, and the Antichrist, uh, the spirit of Antichrist. So um, it's all those of the flesh that persecutes those born remarkably of the spirit. Okay, so now we've looked at the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit that is in this world, Okay. It says, verse 5, they proceed from the world and are of the world. Therefore, it is out of the world, its whole economy morally considered, that they speak. And the world listens to them. We are children of God. Whoever is learning to know God uh, listens to us. And he who is not of God does not listen or pay attention to us. Uh, By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. All right? So there's a spirit of truth and there's a spirit of error. And I believe with all of my heart that the, the whole of, uh, of the doctrine based on the seven years of tribulation, the whole doctrine of that whole rapture theory is the spirit of error. So will those people be saved? For sure. If they believe in Jesus Christ and, and they're washed in the blood, for sure they'll be saved. It's interesting that they will say, if I don't believe in it, I'm not saved. Yeah, that's really funny. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, There's one foundation. Let no one build on another foundation except the one that is laid. So that's the foundation of the city that we see in Revelation as well. So the foundation is Christ. It's already laid. So the apostles' names are on it. That's the foundation. So that's why I also don't see in Scripture New Testament uh, or the modern-day apostles. They had a specific job, and they fulfilled it. The foundation is laid. It's done. Now we quote them. We don't add to them. All right? So they had to, to fully establish the new. It's now established. The messengers. And they are named. There's 12. All right? So if you have a different view, bless you. You're welcome. Okay. So, but this is how I see it. That's the foundation. Now we build on the foundation. So he says, be careful how you build. If we build with wood, hay, and stubble, the fire will come and burn it up. But if we come and build with gold and silver and precious stones, that which is permanent, that which is tried by fire, the f- uh, your faith, which is like gold, tested in, in fire. So we, we build with the precious things from heaven on this foundation, which is Christ. And we don't build with flesh, which is wood. In Jeremiah, wood speaks of people all the time. Um, people are referred to trees all the time. Hay and stubble is grass, the grass 
uh, all flesh is like grass, and the flower of the grass uh, fades and drops off. That's flesh. So if we're going to stand on the natural birth and build on the foundation, it says the fire will come and test the work that we, bu- that we build. So if it's from the spirit of er- error, building on the foundation of Christ, it will be burned up. And they will be saved, though someone that went through fire. So I pray with all my heart that the people will see the error and turn away from it and just turn to the gospel and preach the gospel again. Because the gospel, why Jesus came in the first place is what we should be preaching. Um, we shouldn't be scaring everybody to death with some dragon and false prophet and whatever that's going to take over. There's no dragon going to take over. The dragon is Satan and he's defeated and he's disarmed. And God has spoiled him completely and he's made a, a triumph over them on the, in the cross. So he's got nothing but lies. So we shouldn't preach his lies. We should, we should expose his lies and we should preach the truth, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, so, um, so there's no false prophet, prophet going to take over. There's not going to be some world ruler called a false prophet taking over. It's just not going to happen. The false prophet was Jerusalem. And she was the harlot. And many out of her came. So she is the false prophet. That means she's the city, the false prophet. In a city, there's many individuals. So many false prophets came out. And they spoke with the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist is the spirit of error. And the spirit of error is simply everyone that speaks by the flesh against the Christ. They do not confess that Christ has come in the flesh. So in their doctrine, if you, if you corner them, they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus came in the flesh. But the doctrine itself never mentions it. The doctrine of the rapture. Uh, never, it's not about it. It's, it's getting your attention away from the cross as far as possible and putting your attention back on yourself so that you walk on eggshells so that you don't miss the heaven bus. Okay? And then, you know, it's a thousand years and then the devil is loosed again and, you know, deceiving God's people. And no, man, that all happened. It all happened. Uh, it's the, the, the beast and its interaction with Jerusalem that it's describing. Okay, And it was given power to destroy. The beast was given power to destroy Jerusalem. So, um, so as far as I'm concerned, it's completely fulfilled. So anyone expecting a seven-year tribulation period that's still coming is in error. And that's the spirit of error. Uh, preaching a seven-year tribulation error, uh, a seven-year tribulation period that is coming in the future, is not preaching the crucified Christ. Can you see the difference? So the one confesses Christ come in the flesh. We preach Christ and Him crucified, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And the other one preached, no, you're going to suffer and you're going to, if, you if you're not ready, you're going to you know, be left behind. And if you're left behind, which is all from Tim LaHaye and Jeremy Jenkins' novels, that says it's a novel and it's, it's been taken up in people's theology. You know, it's, it's nonsense that people preach based on novels that people, that people wrote, to scare everyone. So uh, that's what I said before, fear sells books. And because there's such greed, people want to just reap in more book sales and more book sales and more book sales. But they're always wrong and they never say sorry. Okay, so that's the spirit of error. I, I believe it. I'll stand by it. Okay, so beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. So here we, we get the other spirit. Okay, so now this is the people that listen to the gospel. This is the people that listen to the apostles. He said they listen to us, that listen to the apostles, the foundation, that listen to the word that they gave, that listen to the true doctrine of Christ, uh, that's open to the, the, the spirit of truth. Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God. The others don't preach that. They, they preach fear. But we know 
the same chapter, verse 18 says, perfect love casts out all fear. Okay. So he says, beloved, let us love one another. Love is from God. And he who loves his fellow men is begotten of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God, to perceive and recognize and get a clearer uh, knowledge of him. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God and does not and never did know him for God is love. So he who does not love. So how do we know that someone does not love? Well, he lives for himself and, and not, not for God. He lives for, because 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, The love of God moves us, constrains us, for we have all died. One died and we are, all, we are of the opinion that if one died, all died. And, and he died so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who was raised for the, died and was raised for their sake. So uh, when, when someone reaches out, when someone preaches a message of Christ that reaches out to the world, Jesus Christ crucified, where he took the sin of the world upon himself, that is the love of Christ manifested, and we'll see it, we'll see it just now. He who does not love has not become acquainted with God, uh, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest where we are concerned, in that God sent His Son, the only one, the unique Son, into the world that we might live through. So if someone preaches the Son that came, that is the manifestation of love. The manifestation of love is not hitting people with the law, otherwise they go to hell. That's not... That's not love. The manifestation of love is the cross. And if someone doesn't believe the cross, they won't be saved. So we need to preach the cross, which is the salvation from the destruction. Okay. In this, the love, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In this is love. Not that we loved God. Not that we qualify to, to go with on the rapture trip but that He loved us and came to the cross to save us. So there's the spirit of error. You have to work to make the bus versus the spirit of truth. Jesus did it for you. So what are you hearing? So what is proceeding? Christ came in the flesh to be crucified for your sins. Your sins are forgiven. That's the spirit of truth. That's, that's the, the truth of the doctrine. But the spirit of error says, no, 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 no. One day you're going to have to suffer. And if you're not good enough, you're going to miss the bus. And then you'll have to give your own blood as a martyr under the teaching of 144,000 Jewish rabbis that doesn't believe in Jesus without the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is gone with the rapture. And because of that, now suddenly you'll be saved. Yeah. If that's not spirit of error, I don't know what is. Okay, beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. So that means we should tell one another the truth. What is the truth? Jesus died for you. He paid the price for you. He did everything for you. Only believe. No man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides, lives, remains in us. And His love, that love which is essentially His, is brought to completion to its full maturity and runs its full course, is perfected in us. Okay. So we haven't seen God, but we see Him through the Spirit. So that spirit is love. We are changed into his image. That image is love. Again, okay. that image is perfected in us if we show love that we have received from God. By this we come to know and perceive and recognize and understand and, um, that we abide in him and he in us. Uh, because he has given to us his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will, will confess that. The Holy Spirit will draw people to abide in him. The Holy Spirit will not say you have to 
you know, do this and this and this and this and this to make the rapture. The Holy Spirit will say, come abide in me, the door is open. That's what he will say. Okay, that's what he's been saying all along. If you listen to the gospel, you are drawn to, to the Father. No one comes to the Father except if he is drawn. And besides, we ourselves have seen and deliberately and steadfastly contemplated and bear witness that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior into the world. So that's the focus. The focus is not when Jesus is coming again. Is he coming again? Jesus is coming again. People say, if I don't preach rapture, I say Jesus is not coming again. Jesus is coming again, but he's coming. He's not fetching, he's coming. Verse 15, anyone who confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, God abides in him and he in God. And we know uh, and believe the love God cherishes for us. So that's the focus. His love uh, on the cross, the love that he cherishes for us. And he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God and God in him. In this union and communion, love is brought to completion and attains perfection in us. So if we have union with God, if we dwell in him, he dwells in us, love is brought to completion. If we then show that love, verse 8, we, we get to understand God more. If we show that love, that love is brought to completion in us. Okay? Okay, so he says, and we have conf confidence for the day of judgment. The day of all the people of, the, of error coming to judge you in the context of 1 first, first John 1. Um, but also in the last day of judgment because those who believe will never be judged. It's John chapter 5 and John chapter 3. Okay, So confidence in the face of any judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. So what is that image? As he is, so are we. The love of Christ that's been shed, in, shed abroad in our hearts, Romans 5 verse 5, by the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. So how do we get the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 3. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by doing the works of the law, rapture? Or was it by hearing a message and believing it? So doing the works of the law. You trying to make yourself better, not to re remain left behind. Is the same spirit as the Judaizers. That found a way to try and infiltrate the church again to bring them back under works of law. And even in the beginning... The author of the rapture doctrine, Schofield himself, says he wants to rebuild the temple and offer animal sacrifices, which is the law of Moses. So are we going to go back to the law, or are we going to stick with what brought us the Holy Spirit, which is the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ? Okay, so we need to be focusing on the cross of Jesus Christ. And then we are changed into his very own image, which is love, and we have confidence for any judgment. Okay, so if we changed into his very own image, 2 Corinthians 18 says, uh, we need to uh, behold in the word as in the mirror the glory of the Lord that shines from the face of Jesus Christ, and we are transformed into his very own image from glory to glory. Okay, so that image is love. So we need to be transformed. So Ephesians chapter 4, he gave gifts, you know, he first he destroyed Satan. He uh, led captivity captive. He led a train of vanquished foes. And he bestowed gifts upon men. Some to be apostles. We know their names. Some, some uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And his intention was the full equipping of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. Okay, so we are the saints. And the intention of the apostles, we have their writings to equip us fully. Now, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, 
that's operating today with the teaching of the apostles are equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Okay, so um, if we are now to equip the, the, the saints, now he says for this, for this focus, this is the outcome, that we all may attain oneness in the faith. So what brings faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing what? That's Romans 10 verse 17. Hearing what? Verse 16. Uh, who has believed our report? It's, it's a, it's Isaiah 53, it's a direct recollection of the cross of Christ. Jesus crucified. That's what brings faith. So, so that we all may attain oneness in the faith. So that we can all be built up to look like, do like, speak like Jesus Christ. So that we can all be conformed to the very image and the stature of Christ himself. Ephesians chapter 4. So the image is Christ himself. The image that needs to be in our hearts and in our minds is Christ, not the image of the beast. The image that needs to be in our hearts and minds is Christ, not the image of the beast. The, Im- the name that's written on our forehead says Revelation is his name. Jesus' name is written on our foreheads. Not the mark of the beast. What's the mark of the beast on the forehead? It says Babylon the Great. Written on the forehead of the harlot, which is Jerusalem. So their thinking can't be infiltrated with the system of the beast and the false prophet harlot, which is Jerusalem, Judaizing thinking. You thinking that you can change your own life by your own works and what you do. That is the mark of the beast. The things you do on and the hand, the, uh, the mark on the hand is the uh, the things you think for it, things you do the hand. But who has believed our report? Mark of Jesus, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Signs, wonders, and miracles. That's His mark on us. Do you know that Jesus's uh, name is written on our forehead? All right. So He says, in this union with Him. The love is brought to completion and attains perfection. So we are supposed to be showing the love of Christ, the image of God. And that's the image that is written on us. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist, but full-grown, complete love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. How many people have been terrified by these doctrines? How many children have fallen into anxiety disorders because of this thing? How many children have walked into their living rooms and there was no one there and they had a panic attack and they passed out for fear because they thought they missed the rapture and their parents were raptured? It's it's wicked. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. So if we preach fear, guess what? We're working against maturity in Christ. We're standing against that spirit of antichrist is the preaching of fear. That's the beast, that's the false prophet, and that's the harlot. It's the, the fear being preached. It's not, you know, fear and punishment. It's not yet grown into love's complete perfection. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he's seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. So first... If we understand the love from the unseen, the fruit of it must be the love that we show to one another in the scene. And this command we have from him, that he who loves God shall love his brother and his believer also. Love is the image. Okay. So I hope, I hope this, is, uh, this has done something for you. Uh, may you just see that 
there is a spirit in the world, and it's already been in the world, and this spirit is Babylon. Look at me. I'm the greatest. I'm the most awesome. I, there's no one greater than me. That's Babylon. Okay? And that's the world. Everyone jumping up the ladders, pushing everyone down. Okay? So that's not what we're going for. What we are going for is love. Preferring someone else before us. Serving someone else. Jesus said in the kingdom, the servant will be the greatest among you. All right. So uh, I hope. Jakub, what is all that? It's a prostitute. King James would probably say a whore. Okay. So, so he says, uh, yeah, the harlot is, is Jerusalem, the city, the natural Jerusalem city. Okay. So be blessed, everyone. I hope this has made sense. Uh, let me just see here. Uh, it's Eric Alitani, Yuki, bless you, and Brits, it's good to meet you to see. And uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Mackenzie, uh, from, uh, from Zimbabwe, they're from Victoria Falls, bless you. And this uh, Yuki again, bless you. Um, let me just see, and there's Trishan. Oh, the attraction and the distraction, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so we can't live in. In reaction to everything, because the, the person who is reacting is following the narrative of the person who is speaking. <laughs> so the church shouldn't be in reaction to the world. The world should speak the truth of the gospel. Oh, the, the church should speak the truth of the gospel so that the world can react to it. We shouldn't be the ones reacting. Okay. All right. So be blessed, everyone. Please send us an email. There's the email address. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we hope that. You know, sometime in the near future, some of you live close by, will, more of you will come and sit here in the mornings. It's, it's kind of nice to have someone in the place. So, um, so it's nice. To, every now and then, uh, Janine pops in and Yaku popped in yesterday. So it's nice. So if you want to come, you're welcome. If you're in the area. So if you're not, you know, in the office or whatever. But uh, this is supposed to be an online thing, so it's good. But bless you. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. And uh, have an amazing day. Amen. Thank you.